morning, everyone. We're coming out of winter, so soon going to be warm, isn't it? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Good. I want to read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Um, the heading in the NIV is Treasures in Heaven. is part of the Sermon on the Mount, but often uh, described as the greatest teaching that there's ever been given by anyone. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Is off. <coughs> Good. I'm, uh, one of the reasons I'm preaching on giving here is that I've been encouraged to be by the treasurer from time to time that we should be. <laughs> so... Uh, you can blame Simon for today's <laughs> message. <laughs> the heading of the sermon I've called is Money Matters. And it's, it's about a lot of it about money, but it's not exclusively about money. It's about giving. And you have a choice. You can store, store up for yourselves treasures on earth or treasures in heaven. It would depend where your heart is. Jesus makes it very clear you can't serve God and money. You have to choose. You have to choose. And it's a choice that we're all faced with. And it's actually a continual choice. Um, I remember what someone coming to me saying, I've, I've now got my attitude to money sorted out now. I've got... I've I've arrived on it. And I just thought, oh, I don't think you can ever really say that. There's always the temptation to actually want to just hold things like that instead of like that. Make no mistake, the Lord is interested in your giving. Uh, interesting that when the widow, the widow brought her mite into the collection, it says the Lord was sitting, sitting there watching what people were putting in the offering. Now, we're not doing an offering here today, but it's interesting to think the Lord might be looking and uh, seeing what we put in the offering. He's certainly aware of it. And Jesus frequently mentioned money in his teaching. It's been said, and I've never checked it, that the, the, the two most common topics of Jesus' preaching was the second coming and money. Again and again, he's just referring to those. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And giving is like breathing in the New Testament. 
I hope you're not out of breath as far as giving is concerned. But what I'm convinced of is that that giving, our giving, it, it can be, it should be an adventure. This is not sort of bad news that you need to listen to. This is good news and there is blessing in this in these, these words of Jesus, if we respond in the right way. And I want to look quickly at seven principles of giving. Seven principles of giving. The first one is give firstly. Exodus thirty-four twenty-six. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Is the left one mine? I'm always a bit careful because I nearly drank some anointing oil once in one church. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord. And then the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. Saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Faith is absolutely essential in our giving. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, we will not give in the way that we should. And lack of faith will always result in lack of giving. I was uh, visiting, on, I was on holiday and I went into a church in the West Country and in the entrance, there was an entrance vestibule, I suppose you would call it, there was a book there and they had recorded amounts that people had given to the church. And they weren't that large amounts particularly and I don't know the people or anything but you know, we don't need to record our giving down here. It's the Lord who knows. And it's exercising our faith. So give firstly, give generously. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 3. And now we want you, want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Because God had given them grace. God had just given them the grace of giving. And their generosity welled up even though they didn't have very much. We went to Lesotho, we took a team to Lesotho um, some years ago and it was decided when we were there that we would, most of the time we were sleeping in uh, sort of school buildings but it was decided that we should, the whole team should go out and stay in houses of the people. Well because I was the leader of the group I was privileged in that I and two other people went to the only house in the village with electricity. The, the rest of the people, they just were no electricity and very primitive. But it came to meal time, and the table was laid, and there were, there were three of us, 
and there was a husband and wife in the house, and there were only four places. And they prepared a meal, and it was chicken, and chicken for them was a, a, a delicacy. It was a special treat. And these people were poor people. And so the, the meal was served up, and there, were, and there were four places, and then the wife who came out of the kitchen came and sat alongside her husband, and they shared their meal, which was not as large as our meal either. And it just was, I, I just wanted to, to give her my chicken, but that wouldn't have been the right thing to do, because they wanted to bless us. And it's interesting, often generosity is exercised more by people with little than by people with a lot. And if you're not sure how much you should give, ask the Lord. He will, he will tell you. He will make it clear. And sometimes it might be more than you would choose, and sometimes it might be less than you would choose. But he will guide you. So we give, firstly, we give generously, we give willingly. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each man, each woman should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Please don't give because of a rule. Please don't give because it's expected of you. Please don't give because you think you ought to. That is not a good reason for giving. Give what you decide in your heart. Just consider what you want to give. And there is an, I'm sure there is an adventure here for us all to go on and to, to just take the Lord at his word and find out that he is no man's debtor. This next one is uh, an interesting one. Give cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 9 again. God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful's not a very strong word, really, for us, is it? You know, it's sort of... Actually, the word for cheerful is the word that we get hilarious from. It's really an, an, an excited, joyful response, an enthusiastic response. And giving should be joy in action. One of the most moving services that I've ever been to in my old church was, was a gift day. And we were having a gift day for, for our building project. And we needed uh, a, a lot of money. And the church, we, we told the church it was a gift day. It was carefully planned. We decided to have a heap offering, as we did in the Old Testament, so people would come forward with their gifts. And so we had this box, and on this box it had Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. And we wanted everyone to be part of it, So, and we know that not everyone would have any money in church, so we had some coins at the back of the church, and we said, if you, if you haven't got any money to give, but your heart is in this and you're committed to this, please take a coin, take some money, and bring it forward. The children had been... Um, brought into this as well, and they've been collecting uh, tenpenny pieces in Smarty Tubes for quite a while. And it's 
really geared up that every person in the building could participate if they wanted to. And, and then we, the worship bands started to, to lead a worship song and we started to worship the Lord. And I was at the front and the people started to come forward. The other thing we also did, a bit of a bribe really, we used to have a, a box of celebrations at the front so that uh, the children of any age could take something. <laughs> well, they just flocked forward. The children, some old people that weren't very mobile were you know, taking a long time. But nearly everyone decided that they wanted to come forward. And it brought tears to my eyes because I could just see there was a joy. They were throwing it in the box. They were getting their, their celebration and they were going back to their seats. And, you know, the first time we did that, we, we were a church at that time. About, we were probably about 100 people at that time. And we got a 168,000 pounds. And we weren't, we weren't wealthy in that most of our church was just ordinary people. They weren't stockbrokers. Um, I never knew where it came from, but it just was a real example of the joy of giving. And we saw that happen again and again and again. And giving should be, it should be one of the highlights of our worship. And you know, sometimes when I go to churches and other churches and they say we're going to have the offering now and there's nothing happening and people are having a chat and the basket goes around or the bag goes around. I just think that biblically that worship, you know, is coming to the Lord, gratefully coming to the Lord and just saying, Lord, we want to give this to you. Give expectantly, Luke 6, 38. Given it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's a great promise, that, isn't it? I wonder what sort of measure you're using. Thimble or a bucket? What sort of measure? We can't outgive God. Jesus, uh, Paul said, uh, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You reap what you sow. You reap after you sow, and you reap more than you sow. And as I say, there's an adventure here to give generously. Not irresponsibly, but generously and prayerfully. There was a man, some called him mad. The more he gave, the more he had. John Bunyan. Some of these uh, saints in history, you know, we've got a lot to learn from. If you go on, I went on to uh, Google and just looked up John Wesley's quotes on giving. He's just I read him and sort of, if I, if I get a little money in my hand, I'll give it away before it burns me. <laughs> All sorts of radical things, but not said to impress people, but that was the way that they lived. Give secretly, 
But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Really important, this. Give secretly. I had a phone call one day from some people. They weren't even members of our church. And they said, we've, we've come into some money and we want to, we want to buy something for the church. Um, and so I, I had no idea how much it was going to be. So it, in the end, I, I said, well, I'll give it some thought. In the end, I just said, I said, we don't really need anything at the moment, but we'd like to reduce our mortgage. So if you'd like to give some towards repaying the mortgage, that would be great. Got a letter a few days later, and uh, the letter came in with a check. Very clear instructions in the letter. Um, this is to go towards repaying the mortgage. Um, we don't want any acknowledgement, and we don't want anyone to know about it. And the check was for £50,000. I could stand here all morning and tell you stories like that. People that were under the prompting of the Holy Spirit. These people didn't even come to our church. They, God had just spoken to them. And give proportionately. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. The only time in the Bible we're called to test God is in the, is in the book of Malachi with tithing. The only time. And there's a 90% miracle, I believe, that when we, when we give our 10%, our 90% will be enough. And this verse, in fact, these verses in Malachi, they're really strong words, but listen to this. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. How many times have the floodgates of heaven been kept closed because people haven't tithed? God's, you know, he's really speaking very powerfully here. I'll throw open the floodgates of heaven. And he does. He does. We can, we can afford to tithe. I don't believe we can afford not to tithe. If we, if we don't tithe, we deprive ourselves as well as whoever we're, we're giving to. And the tithe, and I believe that the tithe should actually go to the church that you belong to. In the, in the Old Testament, it went to the storehouse, which was the temple. There's free will offerings can be scattered more widely, but I'm convinced that the tithe should go to the church. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, once said, the last part of a man, and I'm sure he meant ladies as well, to be converted is his wallet. And I wonder if your wallet's been converted, your purse has been converted, your debit card has been converted. 
your checkbook's been converted, whatever, however you handle your money. Because it's, it's a real indication of where we are in our walk with the Lord. And it has to be done with faith. It's not a question of, you know, I ought to do this. This is not a... You sh- no one should give because they feel under pressure from anyone. It should be a, a realization that it is a joy and a privilege to give to the Lord because of what he's done for us and what he is doing for us and how he will provide and how he is providing. I'm sure that if I invited people to come up here and give testimony to the Lord's provision, faithful provision over the years, we'd have a very long service. We've all got some history here. But sometimes it's good to just cast your mind back and just remember how God has just provided, sometimes in very unexpected ways. And there are times of need, and there are times of plenty, and it's not a question that we believe in the prosperity gospel, I hope, but we can trust God. And he is generous. He is so generous and so ready to pour out his grace upon us. He's looking for people that he can trust with with treasure, I believe. And there are not so many people that he can trust with huge amounts. It's a great responsibility. And yet today, I would just encourage you to consider your giving. And just ask the Lord, am I on course? Am I where am I where I should be? What do you want me to do? And it's just amazing how the Lord will prompt you, prompt me to give in certain ways at certain times. As you've all got masks on, I can't see whether you're happy about this message or not. But you, sh- but it, you should be. You should be. This is, this is part of the Lord's blessing upon his people. And perhaps we ought to wait a, a month and then just get some testimony about how people respond to this, if they do respond, if you do respond to this, and how God responds to you. Because he will. He will. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And it is much, much, much better to serve God. Amen. Lord, we pray that as a people that you would teach us to give. And Lord, that we would discover the the blessing of giving as prompted by your Holy Spirit. 
Lord, thank you that you are our provider. Thank you that everything we have received is because of your provision. May we remember that everything we have received is yours. And may we be people that joyfully pass on whatever we're meant to pass on out of your provision to us. Pray for this church, Lord. Thank you for the faithful way you've provided for this church over the years. And we commit the coming season to you. And we pray, Lord, that you'd throw open the floodgates of heaven. That this church would be able to, to move forward and to embrace all that you have prepared, all that you have planned. Lord, we give thanks to you and we ask that, that we would please you with our giving, that we would serve you and walk joyfully and gratefully before you and to you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.